Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. Today, I'm so happy to have Mark Stubler. He is the owner and founder of Joe Homebuyer, and I am your host, Christopher Dedian. Mark, such a pleasure having you on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, fun to chat and looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. I just felt through our energy, we're going to have a great conversation. But before diving into all the fun stuff that you're up to and you're doing, I gave a small description of who you are. Can you unpack that a bit more of who you are, what do you do, and so on? Hey, I'm uh, probably a lot like your listeners, just uh, enjoying being an entrepreneur, working hard in real estate and uh, in the trenches with a great team and really excited about uh, some of the things we're accomplishing, specifically Joe Homebuyer. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm a Joe Homebuyer franchisor, and we have uh, a lot of successful uh, franchisees all throughout the country that we're actively building the brand and uh, experiencing a lot of uh, uh, growth and opportunities. So real estate's been just an incredible journey for me over the last several years. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. So Mark, essentially Joe Homebuyer, you're the one that started off and now you're franchising it and you have certain franchisees. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Okay. We have... Uh, Franchisees in several markets all across the country. So that is interesting. Let's unpack that. Like you mentioned, I do have a very high listener base that are entrepreneurial, uh, that are small business owners. And franchising is a very important part in business. Even if you want or don't want to franchise your business, I think starting a business with the ideology to franchise it puts good systems and processes in place so you could actually step back from your business and not own a business in itself or not own a job. That's right. Now, that being said, my question would be, when you started this, Joe Homebuyer, did you have the ideology? Did you have the presence in mind that you wanted to franchise it? Or it's something that just happened when you were going forward with the business? Yeah, when I first got started, I was just during the headlights, getting into real estate, but experiencing uh, some fun success and realizing what a, what, how fortunate I was to have found real estate. Now, I was a sales rep for 10, 11 years for a very successful uh, fencing and decking company, nothing to do with real estate was, you know, doing very well, uh, regional sales rep, had a lot of success, but I was working for somebody and I had, you know, interest in maybe starting an e-commerce business or getting into real estate and kind of looking at different things. Um, I, you know, I, I was like a, a lot of us, uh, you know, can relate to, I had done a rehab, I had had a couple rentals, I, you know, I had flirted with the idea, but then it's a different story when you give up your nine to five, your predictable paycheck and get into business for yourself. And uh, when I first started in real estate, I was just grateful to be in it, felt like um, it it was a great vehicle. And I just uh, was excited about everything I was learning and experiencing. And so it was, uh, you know, two, three years in before I realized, hey, wait a minute, we're getting unique results. 
we're, we're accomplishing, capturing, you know, some pretty, uh, uh, you know, good uh, market share in our, in our uh, spaces, in our specific markets. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is something that we could duplicate and share with other people. This is a, an opportunity that, that others could leverage and they can be us in their market. They could be us uh, in, you know, learning real estate uh, and cut out years and, and money uh, that otherwise they couldn't do trying to do it on their own. Very interesting. So what does that look like? So what do you do exactly? Because what I understand is that you're a real estate investor. What do you specialize in? Do you have a certain thing? Do you do lease options? Do you do flips? Do you buy and hold? Do you do apartment syndication? What is the framework, the structure of Joe Homebuyer? Yeah, the life cycle of the Joe Homebuyer franchise is to start in single family, specialize in uh, working with distressed uh, home sellers and being you know, a resource for them. Our mission at Joe Homebuyer is actually improving lives by delivering creative real estate solutions. So we want to become the household name in buying houses. Uh, and our franchisees are actively doing that in their markets where they're differentiating themselves by being the local Joe shows up and has interest not only in providing them value in you know, relieving them of the distressed nature of their home with a fair offer, but what else is it that they need to transition in their lives? What else is it that they need to make it a win for them? So we focus on single family and that could be rentals. That can be, you know, creating a passive income for their business. It could be the rehab side or wholesaling. Uh, but the idea is each of our franchisees will have the option to, you know, really look at all major exit strategies within that single or small multifamily property. Okay. So this, this is very interesting to me, Mark, because I actually come from the real estate background. Uh, I was a broker before being a professional speaker and a coach uh, for the last four or five years now. Uh, and I did the brokerage career for five plus years. And well, this is the first time that I'm hearing somebody franchising their, yep. their real estate business, their real estate investing business. Now, what I'm getting with my question here is, what do you offer to your franchisees that is different from these people doing it by themselves? Is it because you're giving them the knowledge? Is this people that have already real estate investing knowledge and they're coming because you've built a brand that is recognized in a certain community? What's the added value to become a franchisee of your real estate investing company towards somebody that's like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go do it by myself and essentially start my real estate investing company like that. Yeah, great question. And really right now we have... Um... I think uh, at time of airing of, of your podcast here, we have about 40 franchisees. And for each of those 40, probably a little different value to each of them. But the truth is we are a business in a box in the sense that we've built out our processes so that you can start your business and cut out, hopefully I mentioned this, but time and money, or and really that both of those equate to money in the sense that you can get your business going and duplicate and leverage our experience um, just so, you know, at a rapid pace, right? In addition to that, you have community, the collective group of franchisees. We can take the data that we're experiencing all throughout the country and we can uh, leverage that so that everybody's marketing becomes, their buying power becomes, uh, you know, stronger. But not just the buying power, but leveraging the data relative to what is, what's the messaging that's working? How are they getting the phone to ring? Uh, and then a lot of support around the negotiation, the acquisition, understanding how to manage the lead. There's an art, I believe, to the minute the phone rings, somebody is inquiring about selling their home all the way through fulfillment and all the nuances of connecting with the seller, solving their problem, you know, managing the lead well, uh, negotiating a good contract price all the way through, again, that, that process of maximizing revenue. 
And that's another area that we provide a lot of structural you know, support. We train our franchisees teams. When they have an ac- a new hire for acquisitions, they come to us, to the franchisor to get support and training. And it's an ongoing process. So we very much understand the, the value of strategic partners. We're a strategic partner to our franchisees to help them navigate the world of real estate investing. And we're there all along the way. Their success is our success. So we're very much invested in everything that they need for their success. Perfect. So essentially what I understand is almost like a coaching through aspect of this, whatever they succeed, you succeed, because I'm sure you have like a cut or whatever with a franchisee, but the more sure. they succeed, you succeed. So it's not your, it's not somebody starting off by themselves and trying to figure it out, but you have somebody that has done it, that has done the hard yards and really is giving you the blueprint to follow and succeed in this real estate investing world. So I love that approach and uh, very interesting that you've developed that. As well, when I was looking through your things, Mark, I saw that you had mentioned somewhere that you are somebody that like has really cut and defined the five benefits of real estate investing. I'm really intrigued to see your perception of what is the five benefits of real estate investing for you. Yeah, you know, and and I, it's one of those things I could go on and on. Um, and there's probably ten or twenty. The more passion you get for real estate, uh, you realize that there is just an abundance of. Mm-hmm. Uh, of benefits for being in, in, you know, real estate investing. Um, but w- one of the things I like, and I, I believe we've done this for our franchisees, uh, is you're able to create a business that works for you, meaning that it is an actual business. That's the, you know, one of the first, you know, ones I like to talk about is there, there's actually a way within, you know, real estate to create a machine that produces income that doesn't require, you know, the, the, the main owner to, to be in the trenches all day, every day. It's a business that, but it, you can do it in such a favorable way. You don't have to hire a million pimple face teenagers to be flipping burgers for you type thing. You don't have to, you don't even have to have a, a, a lease space, an area where, you know, uh, uh, with the overhead, you know, with your, you, you know, an operational brick and mortar, right? Um, so there's just so many advantages to just, the scalability of, of real estate. Um, another massive one that we all obviously uh, involve into, those of us that have been in real estate investing for a long time, gravitate towards, all right, now what's the passive return to me? How can I now create this so that it, it's producing income when I'm sipping uh, virgin margaritas or whatever on the beach or whatever it is that's your thing, how can I get passive income from it? And again, that complements some of my first one, but this ability to not only have a scalable business, but also the ability to create income and to have assets that continue to grow. I, I think it's just, you know, historically, you just can't find an industry with a much better a vehicle with predictable, safe ways to invest your money. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And like real estate is definitely a great way to uh, accumulate wealth in so many ways. And, you know, I don't know what the exact number is, so don't quote me on this, but I think like more than 80% of all millionaires made their millions through real estate. So that just tells us a number in itself. And obviously you have to be aware of the time, the market and so on and so forth, because there's a lot of fluctuation with all that. And Mark, as of once again, I was going through your things, I just saw something catch my eye uh, in your bio saying that you have a secret to grow your business quickly. So that's something that you talk about. And I'm really intrigued, like I said, because all of our listeners are entrepreneurial based. What is your secret in regards to building any type of business quicker? You know, and it might be underwhelming, right? Uh, because usually they are. 
<laughs> Isn't that funny? Because the, there, it goes back to universal principles, right? If there's 50 or 100 success principles and you talk about the Tony Robbins or the Zig Ziglar's or the, you know, whoever the, you know, or Warren Buffett, you know, all these people that would be labeled in our minds as the most successful people or very successful people, uh, both in their communities or businesses and, and financially, uh, you can go down the list of many people I didn't even, uh, you know, mention there. A lot of them are operating by just universal principles, right? For me, the secret or the, the, the major driving factor to the business success I've had boils down to this drum roll or whatever it is. Uh, again, underwhelming, but yet I'm convinced that there's a lot of value to this. It's developing as a leader and it's refining within yourself that you can see things as they are and obviously attract quality people to share that vision with you. And then you go out and accomplish great things. But everything stems in my mind uh, and that accelerated growth, that opportunity to just uh, do explosive business in short order is contingent upon my ability, our ability to develop as leaders, to develop and refine those skills to attract the best people to share a vision and get out there and create um, massive success. I truly love that. And you kind of hit it on the nail with the ideology of the most definite or the most successful things are usually extremely simple. But unfortunately, as human beings, because it's so simple, we try to make it complicated so we could believe that it needs to be a bit more complicated to make it happen. <laughs> That's right. But it's usually the most simple things that are the best things if we consistently utilize it and let that compound over time. And leadership is such an important realm. And more than leadership in itself, you kind of mentioned to it, or kind of in the same level, is that leadership within. So it's that personal development. So then you can be a better leader and then your business grows. Now, in that regard, Mark, what can you tell us about leadership? If you would have to tell us like the top three things to really look at to become a better leader, what would you speak to that if somebody's starting new a business or is like running a business and it's like, you know what? I want to be a leader. I do agree that can get my business to the next level. So what would you speak to that when it comes to leadership? So one of the uh, first things that come to mind with that is get the experience. Uh, it's so much easier to lead when you've been in the trenches yourself. And I'm not saying that, you know, you have to have done it for 10 years. But for you to have gotten your hands dirty uh, and, and now you're a leader, uh, those that want to share a vision with you want to know that, okay, he's been there. He's done that. He's tried that. Um, and again, that could be just simply understanding it at a really high level. Even if you haven't had to go and, uh, you know, wash all the windows or, or whatever it is, that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, say, I understand how important the windows are being washed. And again, silly example, but the point is, it's just so important that you gain the experience that if you're trying to preach or to lead someone uh, or an organization, but you don't fully understand what those key, key indicators are for success on that project, then you're just going to be shallow in your approach as a leader. The next one that I like to talk about as a leader is working among and serving, you know, those that you're, you're operating with. I mean, Think about times that you've been with somebody that you admire as a leader. Think about somebody that, that has inspired you or that was the best manager or boss or, or CEO that you've been, you know, uh, been in the trenches with. Those that you admire the most, those that you can appreciate the most are those that were in the trenches with you at times. Those that 
that were actively serving you and making sure that you had all the tools that you need to succeed. So the word service is, is that, that key component I want you know, to share is that I've found that when I'm willing to get my hands dirty, when I'm willing to provide you know, value at the level of whatever it is, the menial work that nobody wants to do, but I'm willing to do it, not always, but at the appropriate times to let them know that, hey, I'll do whatever it takes as well to succeed, I found is one of the most you know, critical components as a leader is to be willing to serve and send that message to the, to your, you know, those that are part of your team that, Hey, I'm not above anything. I, I, you know, the only thing I'm willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. And if that means that we're doing it together in the trenches together, then, then that's what I'm going to do. I love it. I love it. So you mentioned over a couple of things, just to recap, first and foremost, do the work, get the experience. So you have to actually do those hard yards. And second of all, when you're leading a team with your subordinates, whatever, don't just be leading from the back, but be in the trenches with them, show them the example, so on and so forth. So I do love that analogy. Now, as we're talking about this and we're looking at the business and so on and so forth, what are some of the things within your business right now that you think that you can optimize certain places that you're having a bit of difficulty? Now, the reason why I'm asking this, because we could learn so much from the successes, but we could also learn so much from the places that we need to optimize <laughs> sure. and work on. And not a lot of people talk about that. So this is a question that, I've promised to myself that I want to ask more entrepreneurs because there's so many things like you, obviously you're beyond successful, but I'm sure there's things that you might be thinking about right now. Like, Hmm, I could do this better. I would just like to hear that. And what would be your approach to make that better? Well, one thing that I know that I need to get better at, and as I've done better at it, I've experienced uh, more success, but not just more success but that I've been more clear on, on my activities that are going to bring me more success. And I'll share what I mean by that. And that is saying no to, uh, to, you know, good things. You know, if you're looking at this on a scale of good, better, best, there's a lot of good things that I do that can fill up my schedule that are just on the level of good. Uh, but you know, are there better and are there best activities that I can invest my time in? And when I find that I say no to good things, and even better, but maybe not best, I say no to more things that affords me the opportunity to just work on the things that are best. But here's the question that a lot of people then follow up with it. Well, how do you know which is good, better, and best? And that comes only when you spend the time to set aside time to actually strategize. What am I doing? Get super crystal clear on what are your objectives and what are the activities that are going to get you there? And once you dedicate time and energy to getting clear. So dedicating time blocking time in your act in your schedule as to what are the things, you know, am I going to dedicate this hour to really getting clear on this, this business function and then making sure that nothing gets in the way. Now I've become clear. I can, I can then determine what are the good or even, uh, you know, really good things that I could say no to so that I can work on only the best activities. And that's one thing that I've found that as I've optimized that, that have I really gotten clear on things that has helped yield better results. The truth is I'm, I'm guilty of being overambitious. Chris, you can appreciate that. I'm sure. And a lot of your listeners yes. can. And so I don't do this as frequently as I can. So as I'm saying that I'm realizing I need to recommit myself to make sure that I'm super clear on what I'm doing, say no to things so that I can optimize because yes, I've been guilty of several weeks in a row, even a month where I realized that month rolled by did I actually move my objectives forward. I was busy, really busy, but did I really move things forward as well as I could? How did I, had I not just stopped, reflected, strategized, and planned 
And, you know, so I learned from that because I blow through too many days and weeks without being as optimized as I could be. I love what you just said. And this is the reason why I love this question is because as you're answering it, you're realizing things like, hey, wait a minute, I'm saying this, but I should be taking my drinking my own Kool-Aid in a sense, right? right. And you're absolutely right. right. When we are people that are goal-driven, we're ambitious. Sometimes our ambition, it gets so big that we kind of forget about like, hey, what are the activities we need to do? And it's such an important conversation to have especially when you're an entrepreneur in the beginning of your career, maybe you have the ideology. You want to say yes, yes, yes to more things because you want to get more opportunities, more uh, outreaches, more connections and so on. But then there has that tipping point that you have to be very aware and eloquent at saying no, because when you're saying no, you're actually saying yes to something that you should be doing. That's going to bring you higher results. So the way that you uh, projected it, it was like, Yeah, good, get, or great. And for you, by saying no to something that's good, you're in fact saying yes to something that's great that's already on your plate or that's going to come on your plate in the future. So you have to be aware of that. And I love that you brought that up. And Mark, I have a couple more questions here and I want to be respectful of your time. But my before last question is, as this show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show, I truly believe that everybody has greatness within them and everybody in a certain sense can level up to be that peak performing individual. Now, obviously you're a successful person. My question is, what are some of the habits, rituals, methodologies, or techniques that you use on a daily basis to become a peak performing individual? Oh, I'd love to share with you a little bit about my morning routine. And again, I I can't say that I bat a thousand at it, but I know that if I commit to this routine, it really puts me at my best. Uh, And I'll blaze through it because a lot of you have morning routines, but maybe there's a little nuance to this that will provide value. First thing I do is before I kick my feet off, uh, or touch the floor, I roll out of bed and I ask myself, what is my purpose today? Because I want to know why has my life been extended? What is it that I'm supposed to do? And you'll have the most incredible ideas come to your mind. It might be one of your children. It might be your spouse. It might be an employee. It might be uh, something you've been procrastinating. You just got to get done or a book or a chapter you need to read, whatever it is. Why, what do I need to learn today? Anyway, some couple quick questions you can ask yourself. Um, stick with one, but find that one question, stay consistent with it, and it will change you know, what you reflect on. The next activity that I like to do is 10 minutes of gratitude. That can be a gratitude walk. It can be journaling. It can, or, you know, writing down things you're grateful for. It could be, uh, you know, it, uh, just a form of prayer, right? Just mentioning and reflecting on everything that you're grateful for. The next is 10 minutes of inspiration. Feed your mind with something that, you know, really inspires you. And the final one is 10 minutes of journaling. And journal in a, in, a, in a positive manner. Even if you're struggling with the worst act, you know, things going on in your life, you can say, this is what I'm learning. This is how it's refining me. Um, and you know, being true to the journal, but at the same time, seeing the positives and, and being, having that proactive, positive energy towards the journaling. So that's one thing that uh, I would definitely say is one of the things that really sets my mind right. Um, and I add to that, you know, somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes worth of exercise, just something to get the heart rate up, get the, uh, the juices flowing in the brain, um, you know, all the positive impacts of good heart and, and uh, mental health. And I will tell you that, you know, that takes a couple hours by the time you wake up, you, you know, um, shower and, you know, kind of get prepared for the day. But, uh, and if you like me, you know, it, it takes five or 10 minutes to get the, you know, uh, the heart rate up and excited to get going for the day. But at the end of the day, you're two hours in and you've in theory won the day. If you've got your mind right, you're in a good emotional state. Um, so that's to me, one of the key components that I've been able to leverage. And I wish I could tell you that I, uh, I'm the uh, engineer of 
that exact morning routine. That's a mentor of mine, Warren Rustand, um, really successful gentleman that has just uh, been a great uh, friend and mentor that uh, I've had the privilege of learning that from. But um, anyway, that's one thing that I have to share with anybody observing or listening. Mark, I love that. As I have been studying this industry in this world, and I've been in it for more than half a decade, everybody that succeeds at a very high level has a certain form of morning routine. And you mentioned as well, right before you started, like, hey, I don't necessarily hit it always a thousand, but it really doesn't matter that you don't hit a thousand. The fact that that ritual is there as guidelines, and let's say you hit it 70% or 80%, it's already winning. People think that this morning routine, you have to be robotic. No, we're human beings. We're imperfect. In fact, my personal opinion is our imperfection is our perfection. But the fact that you have those routines makes it that you level up at such a high level from your gratitude walk to your journaling, to setting your intentions, to being aware of your emotions, so on and so forth. So Mark, man, all this was beyond the pleasure speaking to you. Before we, we, we wrap up this call real quick, this podcast, I want to ask you, where is the best place that our community could get in touch with you? Maybe there's somebody that's listening that's already in real estate that maybe they want to franchise their own things. Maybe there's somebody that wants to get into real estate. You're like, hey, maybe this franchising thing is interesting for me or just want to connect with you. Where's the best place for people to reach out to you? Yeah, I love it. Uh, So my name is Mark Stubler. As you mentioned, if you're interested in taking your franchise or your real estate business to the next level and Joe Homebuyer Franchise has you interested, uh, then I would suggest... Um, I would encourage you to find us at joehomebuyer.com. And I think I, I glitched a little bit there with internet. So I'll, I'll say that again here, but joehomebuyerfranchising.com or LinkedIn. Again, it's Mark Stubler, S-T-U-B-L-E-R. Would love to connect with you. And, you know, I love collaborating with other uh, ambitious, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and those trying to become entrepreneurs. And obviously those in real estate that are wanting to get to the next level. Uh, would love to chat with you and, and you know reach out to me. Uh, would love to connect. Mark, thank you very much for that. Everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. So once again, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Congratulations on really uh, franchising a real estate structure. First time I've heard of it. Very interesting. Congratulations on your success. And we'll definitely do this again uh, soon enough. Hey, love it, Chris. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, brother. A- anytime. Have a great one. Thank you. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.